yesterday's jokes is yesterday's mana. Hey, so we're after um, we're after the brand new. This is the new the new hotness. This is something for you to take to school. All right. I hope there's no inappropriate ones, but if there is, it's okay. It's Father's Day. There's a bit of grace here today, so that's kind of good. Okay, so here's here's my five best dad's jokes for today. Top five. All right. So a panda walks into a bar and says to the bartender, "I'll have a raspberry and." Coke. Thank you. Sure thing, the bartender replies. But why the big pause? The panda holds up, holds up his hands and says, well, I was born with them. Okay. <laughs> so I went to a bookstore and asked the saleswoman where the self-help section was. She said that if she told me, it would defeat the purpose. Um, if you're struggling to think of what to get someone for Christmas... Get them a fridge and watch their face light up when they open it. (laughs) (laughs) What's E.T. short for? Because he's only got little legs. How much does a hipster weigh? An Instagram. Anyway. (laughs) Um... That, that's pretty good. That was the five best bad dad jokes I could find. Um, dads are actually known for a lot of things. Um, and um, as dads, I don't know about you, but I have high expectations for myself. And um, all of us have different experiences when it comes to um, who our father was. Um, some of you will have really great experiences. Some of you might not necessarily have the best experiences. And, um, and in some cases, you might not have much experience at all. Um, so... I could do the traditional kind of Father's Day, let's talk about dads, and I, I kind of will touch on that. But actually, um, for, for me personally, it's still probably a wee bit close to home. So my own, my own father passed away a couple of years ago, and Father's Day was like the first significant thing that happened afterwards. So, so I might not necessarily go too near that, or otherwise it'll just be like tears and crying and, and, and things like that. So, um, But... Um, I guess what I've decided to do is talk about something that's maybe slightly on a tangent, okay? So it's still related, but, um, still related, but, and I think you'll, I think you'll get it, but it's also going to be relatable for anyone, okay? Um, so dads are known for a lot of things, provider, protector, um, bad puns, and quite often, um, I don't know about you, um, but as a father, I actually have really, really high expectations for myself. Like, and I very, very rarely live up to those expectations. So quite often I'll sort of think of the lack rather than what I, what I do in my children's lives and my partner's lives and my family's lives. And um, I think there's actually a real danger in um, thinking of um, father figures, whoever that is for you, to be like the supermen. Whether that's us personally thinking like that, that we need to, you know, be the supermen, that as soon as, the, the, as, soon as there's a crisis, as soon as there's, uh, you know, da-da-da-da, like, don't take your top off, but, like, um, <laughs> you know, we kind of think that, you know, um, superheroes wear capes and dads are kind of like that as well, like we're the, we're the rescuer. That's not just true for males, there's, there's definitely, there's rescuers and enablers and all kinds of other things. My dad was a pretty awesome guy. Um... He was, he was uh, unusual, a bit like me, um, but um, the thing is, is that one of the things that was important to my mum and dad is that they'd, um, they'd try and provide everything that they possibly could for us, even to the point of going into debt, okay? And so um, 
but we do that as well. We'll we'll do anything for our kids, or you know, any anyone that you know, anyone that loves their kids, um, they'll try to do the best for their kids. And you know, while that, while people might only do it out of their experience and a certain, you know, their knowledge of what's good and what's not good. Um, we all mess it up sometimes, but the great thing is, is that we have a heavenly Father who's an even better provider and protector that we can ever be. Okay? I think sometimes, and this isn't just true for dads, this is true for everyone, we sometimes make the mistake of thinking that we have to be everything to everyone. We have to fulfill every single need. I, like, even if I was the best husband in the world, which I'm not, but even if I was, I would it's not possible for me to fulfill every need that Shannon has. Even if I'm the best dad in the world, it's actually not possible for me to provide every need for my kids. It's not possible. And not only is it not possible, we shouldn't expect it of ourselves either. It's not actually our role to do 100% of everything. And I guess that's kind of where I'm going with, um, with this idea today. Is that the great thing is, is that with God, God is the great provider. So one of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. So God is, so if, um, this, is, this is sort of based on something that I read um, from Joyce Meyer. I love Joyce Meyer, and this is just um, sort of a side effect. So if it sounds like Joyce Meyer, it probably is. Okay? If it sounds like a poorly worded revelation, that's probably me. So there's going to be a mixture of the two, all right? <laughs> um, but the great, God is the great provider. God is everything we need, no matter where we are. Okay, and I love that thought because as a dad, as someone that wants to provide for my kids, I love the fact that where there's lack in my life, there's still another layer of protection. There's still another layer of provision. So one of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord our provider or the Lord will provide. Now you think of um, Isaac and, um, oh my goodness. Ram, Isaac and Jacob, no, yes, no, oh my goodness, what am I thinking, no, it's Abraham, of course it is, um, Abraham and Isaac, yes, of course it is, oh my goodness, losing, no more Sunday school for me, or probably more Sunday school for me, see, God provides even the most dire of situations, okay, um, it literally means the Lord our provider or the Lord will provide. It's so wonderful to know that God is our source for everything that we need. And he cares about everything that we care about. There's no need so small that he doesn't know about it. And there's nothing too big that he can't provide for us. So whether you just need to cure a cold or to cure death itself or anything in between, God's our provider. He can provide that. We can believe for that. We can have faith for that. We can reach for that. He's omniscient, so he's all-knowing. So it doesn't matter whether it's your most secret need or your most surface-level need that you tell absolutely everyone. He knows everything about you. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. He's been with you on your worst day of your life. He's going to be with you on the worst days to come. He's been with you on the best day of your life. He's going to be with you on the best days to come. And he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. God can do all things. Okay? So the Bible says that he's our shelter, he's our refuge, and he's our hiding place. So that's Psalm 91. 
It says that he's a comforter, which is 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. He say, it says that he's a healer, a doctor, Psalm 103 verse 3. He says that he's the source of wisdom, James 1 5, and he's everything else that we need. See, the thing is, is the Lord is your provider. He loves you and he has a good plan for your life. He wants to bless you so you can fulfill his plan and purpose, so that you can really enjoy your life. And in his word, he tells us who he is and how we can access everything we need through Christ. The problem is, sometimes we miss out on what God wants to do in our lives because we go to people expecting them to give us what we need instead of God. Now, God will work through the people that he puts in our lives to help us, and sometimes that's the source of our provision, that's the source of our miracle, and that's awesome. But we need to go to him first and let him determine the best way to meet our needs. As parents and mentors, sometimes we want our kids to come to us in crisis, when what we need to be doing is we need to keep pointing them towards Jesus. Because in the same way that for, for my for my dad, my dad I was my dad was there for for everything. Like you know, if he ever needed anything. But the the problem was was that there came a point in time that he just wasn't physically able to be there for everything anymore. So he had the best intentions, but Philippians four nineteen says, And my God will richly supply, fill to the full, your every need according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. This verse clearly tells us that God wants us to meet, uh, wants to meet our every need in Christ Jesus. Now, there's a, a bit of a caveat to that. A, I don't know if you've ever noticed or not, but sometimes we've decided, have you ever had the children in the toy store and they ask for something that's not actually going to be healthy for them? Dad, can I please have that slingshot? Dad, can I please have that slingshot? I promise I won't hit my sister with it. I promise. I promise. And sure enough, Next thing you know, down at A&E. No, um. <laughs> but we can't just take this one scripture and expect to have everything we need without reading it in the context of the whole Bible. Matthew 6 verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added to you. So seek first the kingdom of God. That needs to be our first priority. It's not even our needs. It's our... Seek first the kingdom of God, and God will give us everything that we need, everything that we desire. I love that thought. We can, we can, have, we can be faithfully confident that he will provide for us. See, when we seek things instead of God, our focus is not on the right place. Okay, we've put things above God. Our relationship with God needs to be our number one priority all the time because, we need, because everything we need is found in him. When we seek God to know him more and to learn the right way to live, then we can have confidence that he will take care of everything that concerns us and meet all of our needs. Now, this is Joyce Meyer rather than me, this, this bit here. Just so you know, it sounds like really great revelation. You go, oh, wow, this is awesome. I just wanted to give credit where credit's due. <laughs> I've found that when I spend more time seeking God's face and not his hand, what he can give me and do for me, then my desires and thoughts line up more with his will. Now, I don't know about you, but one of, the, one of the highest priorities in my life, particularly when I was growing up, was I just wanted to please my dad. Like, I just wanted to have the acceptance of my dad. I just wanted to be loved by my dad. And one of the issues was, was that um, my granddad was an amazing guy. He was a funny guy, so 
if you wanted to know what my granddad was like, he's literally like me. Same personality type. Like it, like it's quite scary. I'm looking forward to being a good-looking 60-year-old. He had that Sean Connery thing going on. He got, he looked like Herman Munster when he was 20, and Sean Connery when he was 60. So I'm, I'm looking forward to progressively getting, you know, better looking. Um, I'm believing for that generational blessing. Um, but he was also, he was, uh, he was an, he was Irish and an Irish drinker. So uh, an Irish, uh, sorry, combination Irish Scottish drinker. And so he wasn't always really good at getting his feelings across. And so that passed on to my dad. And so my dad wasn't always really good with expressing his feelings towards me. Uh, the closest that he'd ever get to saying that he loved me was, good on you, mate. Like, and that was the way that he always finished. And it wasn't until after he died that I realised that that was what he was trying to say. He just didn't have the right language to say it. And man, how often do we do that? You know, um, uh, as a dad, I don't know how many times, for, particularly for Charlie that I've tried to say, I love you, and it's come, uh, I love you, and I want to keep you safe and protected, and it's come out as, don't do that again! (laughs) 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 It's got the same heart, very, very different. (laughs) Sorry, are you all right? Okay, I don't don't always yell like that, okay? It's okay, it'll be all right. That's why I never made a very good under-fives pastor, because I'd cry all the time. Um, When I spend more time praying for God to show me how to walk in love and treat people right, I'm more likely to want what God has for me. So my desires and God's desires line up. What's best for me? Because my mind and my heart are set on the right things. So where your heart, where your mind goes, then everything else follows. Hebrews 11.6 says, Whoever would come near to God must necessarily, must, so that means has to, believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. Now, I think that was a verse for us a couple of weeks ago. Romans 8.17 says that if we are children, we are the heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Now, that means that all the resources available in heaven are available to us as well. That's not prosperity gospel. But that is saying that the same, the same rights, the same things that, the same things that Christ has access to, we have access to as well, and that includes that includes the riches of heaven, the resource of heaven. It's just a natural part of being, you know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give Charlie everything and go, Asher. Oh well, best of luck, son. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what I mean? Like I, lo- I love my kids. I'm gonna provide for my kids, and if I can do that in the natural, then how much more can God do that for us? Okay. This means that as Christians, God's provided everything we need in Christ. We just have to access it through a personal relationship with him. Now, I don't know about you, but um, have you ever gone to the bank of mum or dad before? Have you ever had um, your kids or whoever come to the bank of mum and dad? Um, I don't know why I wrote that there. I just wanted to... Oh, cool, you guys too. That's awesome. Uh, um, (laughs) Actually, there was this... um, Actually, the thing I was going to say, I wasn't sure I was going to share it, but there was this one time, like, God's always provided for us, but there was just this one time that I remember. Um, Shan was volunteering at church, and um, and I, I, I just looked at um, cutting my hours back just because that was, that was where we were at, you know. And um, and it just come to a point where we just, we literally didn't, like, we had enough money for the mortgage, and we had enough money to keep the lights on, and that was that was literally it. And I remember ringing 
I was I wanted to ring mum because <laughs> Bank of Mum is always open. Um, <laughs> Bank of Dad has limited hours, but probably deeper pockets. Um, <laughs> so I rang mum and actually got Dad and just cried, like a, like it was a it was a weird conversation because it went Dad. There's nothing in the freezer. And I remember, um, I remember what happened. And like I'd never said that before because like I was always the one that was good with money. Like mum and dad would go into debt for us. And so as a result of that, you know how generations sometimes swing the complete opposite way to the way before? So I was always determined that, you know, if mum and dad were really generous people, but they're always in debt. I was determined to be never in debt, but I come across very Scottish. <laughs> and I remember mum and dad got in the car so it was half past three after school mum and dad got in the car they come down um, they, took, they took me to a bank and they opened uh, they, they, they got money out of an account that um, was literally the farm account like it was like dad opened the farm account and that's like you don't touch the farm account because that's what keeps the farm going like we weren't we weren't like it wasn't a solvent farm, it was like a, it was a pet farm, do you know what I mean? So like it was always, anyway. And I remember um, they gave us some money and, and I remember mum and dad, I remember dad especially saying, okay, don't only, don't only just get what for today, fill your freezer. We want to make sure that you're safe, we want to make sure that you're provided for. And it was just an incredible, um, uh, just an incredible testimony to us because we also knew that mum and dad were in debt at the time. But dad was compartmentalised as well, so like this was the farm stuff, and so he, like, yeah. I guess all I'm really saying is that if that's. So my dad wasn't Christian. My dad was. Um, he was a good guy, like, and a really, really well respected in the community. I worked the same job for 40 years. But my dad wasn't a Christian guy, he didn't really understand that side of things. He didn't understand generosity. He hated the fact that we gave to the church. Like, you know, after after Dad died, Mum said, you know, make sure that any inheritance that you get doesn't go to going to that flippin' church. Like, <laughs> he just didn't understand that side of things. But they still provided for us at a time. And if that's true for our earthly dad, then how much more true is that for our heavenly dad? I didn't mean to go there. Um... The Bible also teaches us to love our enemies and do good and lend hoping for nothing in return. And that, that was actually what happened. Like, Dad actually passed away before we could um, um, pay back that loan. And our reward would be great. And to be merciful just as our Father is merciful. First, and that's Luke 35 and 36. Verses 37 and 38 tells us not to judge others, to forgive and to be generous with our giving. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. I, I love that whole idea of neither borrow or uh, like does that proverb neither borrow or lend a bee. That doesn't actually mean don't give money away. That means that when you give it a money away, it comes with no um, no strings attached. And I love that thought because the thing is, is that as Christians, sometimes when we're generous in a non-Christian context, the non-Christians will sit there and go, "Well, what's the what's the catch? We know that you want us to come to church now. We know that there's." But when it's with no strings attached, that's the love of Christ in action. He gave out expecting nothing in return. The best attitude we can have with giving is, Lord, I'm doing this for you because I love you. You gave to me, now I want to give my life to you. 
When this is the motive of your heart, then you can stand on Philippians 4.19, knowing that he will meet your every need. Trust God to meet your every need in your life today. Not just every need for yourself. Every need for your family, every need for your friends, every need for your kids. Trust, um, he wants to be your healer, comforter, wisdom, peace, joy, everything and anything you need. He wants you to live in his grace, forgiveness, mercy and strength. Rest in him with confidence that he is the Lord your provider, Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides. Um, application, I've got like three wee points for applications for us as dads, and I've touched on them. I just want to, because we're dads, we want like three points to take away from, but it's, it's applicable to everyone. And this is speaking to me as well, because I don't know, like if it's true of me, it might be true of someone else. Um, one of the things that's an application for us, if we've got the spiritual provider and spiritual protector, um, one thing that's really important is that as, as fathers, as men, we don't have to be the rescuer. I don't know about you, but I love being Superman. Like, being, being, playing that part in my kid's life is so, is so rewarding. But we don't have to be the rescuer. Psalm 1 to 1 says, I'll lift my eyes to the hills. Where will my help come from? My help will come from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. What we're wanting to do is we're not wanting to be the port in our kids' storms. We want to be able to be the one that points, that we point to the one who calms the storm. So we're not the port in the storm. We point to the one that calms the storm. Um, the thing that I wrote down, and this is, this is my Habas 10 last night revelation, um, it's more important for us to build bridges for our kids during peacetime rather than be the castle when there's a siege on or a port in the storm. It's more important for us to build bridges during peacetime, be a bridge between two points, create connections, create all of that stuff during peace for those under our protection rather than be the castle when there's a, ste- when there's a siege or a port in the storm. Um, the second thing, and it was something that was really applicable for me, um, I think us as, uh, particularly as the providers, so if you're the provider in your family, this, this applies to you. God's actually responsible for our provision. We're not actually responsible to be the provider, if that makes sense. God is responsible for our provision. If we rely on our own resources, if we rely on our own strength, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where my, it doesn't matter how much resource I think I have, my strength and my provision has run out. So it's important that we connect to the one that is our provision, no matter what the need is. Um, the third thing, and it was, a, it was more just a throwaway comment, but for a New Zealand man, um, and I, I'm sure this is true for others as well. Um, we've got this idea that we need to be islands, these like towers, this, this everything all together all the time. Um, to the point that in New Zealand literature, so I'm an English teacher, in New Zealand literature there was this whole range of books that came out um, that went against the whole colonial thing that you have to have it all together all of the time, be strong in every single situation. And the idea was that no man is an island. We're not called to be islands. It's actually unbiblical for us to be completely self-sufficient. We often make the mistake of thinking that we need to be self-sufficient, which isn't biblical. We are created to live in community, connected to our creator, 
um, connected to other great men that, and women who sharpen us, who build us up, and walking daily with Jesus by our side and in our lives. So here's the. So what do we do then if we're if we're going to take that whole idea of protector? God's responsible for being the protector and provider rather than necessarily just us. I um. This is the last thing I wrote round, uh, I wrote down. It was something that I, I personally I'm, I'm still trying to figure out, and it's something I might preach on another time. But it's Isaiah 54 verse two and three. So for us, enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations. And make the desolate cities inhabited. I think that's the call for us as providers. Whether you're a dad or you're the provider in your, in your, in your family unit. Is that we're called to enlarge the place of our tent. Make room for growth. Make room for Make room for um, growth, both to go wide and to go high and to go further. Um, and our families be prepared for God to stretch us in ways that have never, that we've never been stretched before. Make space for our families, um, for our family to thrive, and leadership, and opportunity, and potential. So I'm just going to pray for you guys today. If there's anyone that wants specific prayer, we're just going to go and um, eat some more sliders and do all of that stuff. <laughs> if there's anyone that wants specific prayer as well. Um, but God provides our every need. So we don't have to worry about looking at his hand. We just need to worry about seeking after his face. I love that thought. So let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much for these wonderful people. I thank you so much that we're called, that we're called to look to you to be our provision. We thank you so much that one of the names that we get to call you is Jehovah Jireh, the God or the Lord who provides. Lord, help us to be, um, help us to look to you towards you for provision. Help us to look to you in the storms. Help us to um, be ones that would build bridges and not walls. So God, be with us, continue to walk with us, continue to speak to us, protect our families, uh, protect our friends, protect our partners. In your mighty, mighty name. Amen.